All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Climb, the StarCraft II podcast focused on the below masters, blue collar leagues. I am your host, Will, aka Lord Cranial. Hello, my name is Dan. I go by Captain Hoppa. Each episode, we will dive into the ups and downs of the Diamond Ladder experience while searching for the secrets to get good. Yeah, we're just two normal players looking to get to that next rung of the ladder, and we hope you enjoy the discussion tonight. Tonight, we'll be talking about cheese. It's infamous amongst the community as a cheap strategy that can be frustrating to deal with. Tonight, we'll be discussing how to deal with it and how you can execute it yourself. Yeah, but before we hop into that, I got a question for you, Dan. How's the ladder been for you? Uh, pretty good. Um, it's, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know where to start, honestly. So, like, I feel really good about a lot of my early game stuff and a lot of just. Like, it's the sensation of I just feel super solid at certain points in the early game, um, which is great because, like, that's that's really what I've been focusing on is I've been trying to really focus on just have on just having a really clean first five minutes, you know, like as clean as I can and tremendously amazed at how much that can make a difference later on. Right. Like just um, and and again, you you end up winning these games in a way that like you just feel feel so in control and so uh oh my opponent was doing something weird but i didn't even realize and i still just won because i like had queens there <laughs> you know like it's it's stuff like that where it's like i just did the build and i just win because i executed the build well and it's like yeah maybe my opponent made a couple mistakes in the build order but you know it's also like it's a diamond so like it happens all the time on on both sides you know myself myself included in that equation but um yeah, it, it's just a it's it's just a, a different feeling to win. Like it's not like I'm gritting my teeth to really like squeeze out every ounce of uh, you know sweat from my brow when I'm doing it. But you know it is like I'm really focusing on the early game, and uh, I feel like it's going pretty well. You know, there's still a lot of moving pieces, and again, I'll never feel like I don't know like a hundred percent solid. Like like again, I I'm saying that like I feel solid, but I'm also like yeah, there's also like a lot of work that still needs to go into that first five minutes, uh, just because you know it's it's uh, it's always important for that first five minutes, regardless of the situation. Um, and you know it's uh, just making these adjustments, but it's kind of nice, you know. And uh, I feel like I can think about it a little bit less. Like I don't have to really focus super hard so it does kind of free your mind up a little bit like for the more mid-gamey strategy decisions or engagement decisions but um yeah man it's it's going pretty well it's going pretty well the mmr is about the same but like i feel i feel solid <laughs> yeah it, it's funny that you say that because it, it seems like something that every single starcraft player is going to say at some point it's uh it's not a it's not a hundred percent i could be doing better like I, I found a couple of mistakes here and there like that's it just that just feels like part of the game at this point it's just like there's always something that you can work on and it's a fascinating part of starcraft like even the pros like Serol or uh you know clem will they'll say like yeah i had a couple of mistakes here and there and like there's it's definitely like places that i can uh, clean up and it kind of sometimes it kind of makes me think like if they got things that they can clean up like oh my god what does my game look like yeah or you or you <laughs> 
where you hear Sarah talk about it, where he was like, oh, yeah, my early game was trash, that game. I can't believe we got it. And it's like, Sarah, you lost like four drones. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it was so bad. I thought I was super dead from it. And it's just like, all right, well, you know, it's, it's a level of excellence that all players, all players struggle with achieving that their desired level of excellence, I suppose. Yeah, there's always like this next like, step that every player can make and like you you can definitely it's something that you can see like throughout the years like if you watch some of the old like wings of liberty vods like it almost looks like a completely different game like the level that players have obtained like over the decade is absolutely insane but getting back to your ladder session in particular is there anything that uh is there anything in particular that's making you like feel that way is there is it something from uh pig's coaching that you've been working on in particular or anything like that yeah, so the most recent coaching, um, I think I was able to talk about this last episode. I don't remember, but um, the most recent was ZVT. Honestly, like I feel good in ZVT generally, just in general, you know. Um, but it's a certain like I'm changing a lot of my priorities in the early game, and I'm also just making like I'm just legitimately having a better build, you know, like like I've. The pig told me to stop doing some of these goofy things that I was doing, like getting my spores way too early and getting a layer really, really early. Like, and it's stuff like that. That's just, it's just better, <laughs> you know, like it's just better. I'm still adjusting to it in a certain degree. Cause like, I'm used to like starting roach speed at a certain time, or like I'm used to having this amount of gas banked up and, um, you know, I'm still kind of adjusting it here and there, but the bottom line, the bottom line for ZVT is I just try to get 50, 50 drones by five minutes. That's, that's my benchmark and it's gone up. I'm still, I'm still occasionally like, here's, here's how it usually looks is it usually looks, I get to like 46, 47, but I have like six or seven drones in production at the five minute mark. So like I'm really close and, and you know, the game still kind of counts it as like you have 53 drones like when i hover over in the game it counts that i have those drones so i'm like oh okay hell we're crushing it um but i also feel like i think i probably could get it to where they are actually like out of the eggs before five minutes right if, if i'm if i'm that much that much tighter i think i could get it even better and again like i'm still i'm okay with having you know 47 going on 52 at at 500 right but that's also the thing that like i'm just trying to take a uh I'm trying to take a consistent measurement, right? So like I'm trying to measure at 500 every ZVT just to just to use that as my uh, checkpoint, my benchmark, right? And um, it's getting better. And and again, it, it's it's slowly crept its way up, but I'm also getting to these games where uh, I have 57 drones at 503 and I'm like, uh, I can I can work with this. Like this is sick. Uh, and yeah, it's it's great because again, that also just it sets me up for for basically everything, right? Um, I think the thing that I'm struggling with the most is that there are occasions where I I need gas a little earlier, but it's kind of on a case by case basis. So like I, I still don't really want to change the build, but there are times where I, I can tell that like I've just been too slow to take my gas and I float like you know 12k um minerals or you know 1.1.2k uh minerals and i have you know no gas at all and i'm just starting to get them and and you know that's kind of the mid-game adjustment and and kind of the the next step but the first step is definitely like just make a lot of drones just drones everywhere get your queen count and then you can kind of play it by feel right whether 
whether my opponent's being aggressive or turtly or whatever, like as long as I have that 50 drone mark, I can I can hang, you know. So for this uh, like five by five benchmark, how does that factor into things like dealing with cheese or like really aggressive plays? Um, the the beautiful thing about it is that it it doesn't matter that much. I mean, yeah, it matters for like a proxy racks or like a one base build. Like I'm not gonna go to fifty on one base, but I can still get to like forty four versus a one base. You know, if I'm doing it well enough and like. Um, you know, I can still push the envelope uh, in those situations. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it's also part of the learning experience is, well, I'm, I'm just dead sometimes. Like, <laughs> uh, again, and part of it is I kind of have three, you know, I have two other things for defense. I have Zerglings with speed and I have Queens, right? And when those are in the right position and when they're built on time, they're definitely capable of helping me, like, mitigate the damage or even just buy time. Uh, to get something out. And again, the beautiful thing about droning to 50 really fast is if they're doing like a super, super dedicated attack, uh, I could lose 10, 15 drones and honestly not even miss a beat at all, right? Like it's not ideal, but I can I can certainly power through it and I can ab absorb the damage a lot better than uh, in the past where, you know, if I'm freaking out and panicking and changing my build on the fly, I'm, I'm going to be less equipped to uh absorb the damage in the same way so uh, i think that's a very specific zvt thing just in case how a lot of the timings kind of work out uh you know zvp i feel like you can be surprised and be instantly dead a little more like unforgiving like you know like oh the zealots are here and uh, there they go <laughs> you know like it's it's very one-dimensional almost sometimes um Whereas ZBT, I can be like, oh, he's doing a hell battle. And okay, let's just micro and move stuff. And oh, I lost eight drones. All right, good enough. And just keep go right back into the game. And I think that's also uh, something that is very important for, you know, I mean, for, for all races, but I think it's especially a Zerg thing where it's like, oh, okay, he came, uh, he killed some stuff, and I go back to droning. And then I literally just completely continue what I was doing. Um, and, and I'm usually in a good spot. Yeah, I feel like this is something that we we've talked about before, but it's always funny that whenever you you talk about some of these like worker losses and just like ah, it's part you know that's just that's just what happens as a third player. Like you know, I I get those fifteen back pretty easily, and if I lose fifteen SCVs, it's just like okay, well, I'm probably dead now, right? <laughs> I should probably just go ahead and leave. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's nice to hear that you're feeling uh, or you're starting to feel more comfortable in uh executing these new things that pig has taught you and you know i, I feel like historically zvt has been probably it, it seems like zvt is a, a strong suit for you honestly like i know whenever we play it's uh it always feels like an up an uphill battle yeah oh i've started making investors in zvt here and there um which is an ex an exciting exciting development so like there, there's a point and so when you're playing the roach style there's a point that you know pig talks about where uh and i've experienced this part a lot like i'm very familiar with it but there there comes a time so you have a really sharp window around like 170 supply to just get in and smash stuff but uh if they're super tucked in in their base and they got five tanks and they're just never going to leave with like more than one medevac out on the map you know like these small little hit squads that just drive the roach player crazy um if they just stay there pigs like yeah just make three infestors 
uh, and just sit there. And if he ever comes out, you can punish him super hard with the fungal, potentially killing his entire army. Like if he's just not aware, if like you, um, if you like keep the reveal, you know, this, the, the aha moment of a surprise I have investors on the map. Like if you can keep that in your back pocket and, and punish them like stimming forward. Cause again, when Terrans get, when they cross the 170 supply and you know, I'm maxed out or whatever, that's when their army is just so much better than mine. But with the fungal, you can really, um, you can really punish these kind of step forwards, uh, which is great. And, um, mostly on ladder, like I feel like my first push can, can do the job or do it well enough. But I've, I've had some custom games with Brad where I've, I've gotten some incredible fungals and, uh, it's, it's an experience that, you know, it's still very brand new for me. And even just controlling the investors and positioning the investors is a whole thing. Look, I'm, I'm a ogre zerg. Uh, you know, the spellcaster use is probably not as sharp as it could be, but um, it's fun and uh, I'm learning it. And, you know, the goal, the goal with the investors basically is to just be unkillable and just stay on Roach Rav, be unkillable. And then you can maybe hit a, a, a nice timing with like eight broods. Um, the, the broodlord transition is still a couple steps down the road. Like I'm still, I've only maybe done it like once in a game. Uh, and it was a custom game, not a ladder game. So, um, you know, that's, that's definitely down the road for me to work on, but it's, uh, it's, it's, I don't know, man, it's, it's just different and it's, it's fun, you know, and, uh, it's a new unit and it's a new tool, but it's also like, you only have to use it a couple times before you're like, oh, this is nice. Like, you mean he can't just stim onto my face and destroy my entire army? It's like, no, no, I have something that punishes that super hard, you know? Yeah, it's um, it's funny that you say that. And this may be a lower level Terran thing, but seeing it festers is scarier than seeing Vipers to me. Um, I guess it's mostly just because I'm a very aggressive bio player and sometimes I tend to charge into areas I don't really have a lot of business. But the moment I see an infester and the fungal coming out, it's just like, oh God, this is this is already going to be bad, isn't it? But um it, it's funny that you say that because that was also my uh that was my feeling whenever I started using ghost and could actually like be kind of decent with them. Just like you mean I could just like take energy and shields away whenever I want to and just snipe everything that a Zerg has? Like, why haven't I been doing this sooner? Yeah. No, and I also think that like you know, I was kinda of talking to Pig about this too, where it's like I think it's really important when you're learning and starting out to keep it as simple as you can. But I also feel like for me as a player, and you probably felt this uh, similarly as well, like there comes a point where you're like, oh, you mean it's easier if I do this like late game thing? Like, it's like, yeah, it's like way easier, <laughs> you know, like, um, and again, a, a lot of my philosophy just about the game is about trying to keep it as simple as possible, right? And like, yeah, I just keep making stuff and sometimes it'll work. But I, I also think that this is definitely more of an intermediate thing where you can be like, okay, like we can add another layer to this kind of foundation because again i think there's a lot of like uh i think i think everyone to some degree is kind of influenced by the the bronze to gm like just macro and like you'll do fine like like that and that's a good idea it's a good way to structure your priority but there does come a point where it's like 
you can make your life easier with with this unit that's you know scary and has a purple bar and whatever but like you can make your life easier if you just kind of understand when it's appropriate to add it in uh you know what you need like economically to get there like i think that's also really important and you know i just have i just have so much more uh, game knowledge and experience that adding in this spellcaster is actually it's it's not even that challenging you know like <laughs> I had to learn the hotkey <laughs> like that was the most challenging thing at the beginning but like once once you give it a couple of tries you're like oh this is great you know like this is fantastic yeah I, I've had a similar I don't want to say issue but it's a, a similar thing with a lot of bronze GMs or you know they they say just macro but you know, like I, I really feel like it wouldn't. It it doesn't hurt to like add in other mechanics while you're on your journey up the ladder. And like maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just wrong. You know, I'm still diamond. Who who knows? But it it genuinely does feel easier if you start to add in some of these mechanics a little bit earlier. Like still have like a focus on macro, but don't be afraid to like sprinkle in some of these like some of these things that you might want to learn. Like a lot of people say like, oh, don't 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 make mutas until you're like grandmaster. And I'm like, what if I want to learn mutas though? What if that's, what if that's the style I want to go for? But, uh, uh, outside of that, how is your ZVZ and ZVP been? Uh, ZVP pretty, pretty good. Um, I think, I think the thing I'm struggling with is that it's, it's similar to my ZVT, but it's not, it's still very different as far as an opener goes, but, I've also been practicing that build order for a little bit longer than my new ZVT build. So I definitely feel good about it. I, I think like it, it's again, it's the same. It's a similar thing where it's like, yeah, I'm doing a great job as far as like droning and like taking my fourth base on time and getting my first macro hatch, maybe not my second or third macro hatch. And then it's also like, yeah, but then sometimes I just forget bailing speed and like I lose all my all my momentum and just die or whatever, you know, like and it's it's stuff like that, too, where I, I think it's also just um the variation in in Protoss choices too, whether how aggressive they're being, if they're being aggressive with blink or with charge, like, um, you know, I I just I just need my baneliness. Honestly, I just need my baneliness to be at a specific time, you know, like, because because I think that the thing that I do the most in ZVP is like, I delay it because if they're making stalkers, you really don't need it. In fact, you don't even really want it versus stalkers, right? You just want more links. But then as soon as the first wave of charge lots come in, I'm like, oh God, I don't have any banes and I'm dead. <laughs> you know, like I, these links just evaporate. And, and I think it's also like, I'd rather have it and not use it as opposed to just not have it or have it like finishing as like 12 charge lots are killing me. You know, like it's, it's one of those things. Yeah, you you would be shocked how similar the Terran experience can be to that. Uh, <laughs> you um, you know, you, you you set up your factory tech a certain way. It's just like okay, I think I'm pretty sure they're going charge lots. I'll make widow mines and I'll uh, I'll have those set up. And then all of a sudden the stalker brigade comes in. It's just like oh well, that's not the right call. I'll just uh, I'll I'll be on my way next game. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know it's uh. The, the more I play, like, again, the more people that I play, like, uh, custom games with, too, the more I learn about just these individual choices that, that really change how, like, a Protoss player, like, feels when you're up against them. And it's it's crazy, because it can be the smallest thing about how they use their first two adepts or, like, how they, um, you know, poke around for information. Like, like even stuff like that 
it's it's just different, you know. And and I remember I played I played a couple custom games with Brad. I was playing as Protoss, and like, okay, he pro blocks every game. Okay, whatever, I can deal with it. But then he's also very annoying with his first adept. And uh, I had one or two games where like I literally just I just got my ankles broken repeatedly from one adept, and it's like. I know it's not that scary, but the way he was using it was just so much more involved, and um, it just required a lot more of my respect, you know. And, and um, certainly, I think like the next few games I played with him, I was much more aware of like my vision and my positioning, and it wasn't that big of a deal. But I had to, you know, I had to lose a game. I had to lose a game uh, with it first to kind of realize this. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. just double check your overlords, get your uh, creep connecting, and then this adept is not a big deal. At at all you know um but it's it's just different you know no i absolutely absolutely understand that uh do you have any highlights or lowlights for us uh yeah so you know like i said it's been going pretty okay uh for my highlight so i've also been playing a lot of zvz and uh i've been getting i've been going back to the ling bane all in just because again i don't want to learn three builds at once <laughs> right like like i don't feel like i'm good enough to learn three different builds at once so i just kind of cut i was doing two base roach for a little bit but i just kind of was like eh you know with the zvt information coming in i'm just gonna do my bread and butter and uh it's been going pretty well you know like i'm i'm still good at it <laughs> uh so you know i i can beat a lot of zergs who are very greedy or just not coordinated with their control or positioning um and i've been feeling good about it because a lot of them are really scrappy wins and uh you know i had the zvz where this guy he he 13 12 me which again is probably one of my least favorite cheeses of in the entire game which i, I, I can talk about 13 12 um but he 13 12 me he didn't kill me he did kill my natural and he did some decent damage but honestly i felt really good about the hold i think in the replay i was less good than i thought like he just droned a little bit better than i imagined but it didn't matter like it doesn't matter because i was still able to um you know do a counter push i got some drone damage and it was just one of these games where it, it, it gets really messy and um i think i took more counter damage so my drone counts bad I equalized his drone count, and then, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I get to this point where I'm so far behind in economy, and I'm literally just like, this is the last, this is the last chance, and we're gonna send it. And um, the control was fantastic. We got like eight lings in the main that killed every drone, and then, you know, we still had some pretty good fights in the front with the banelings, and like we caught him, you know, in between. A lot of times you can catch a Zerg in between droning and, like, the, if they just don't have Banelings at home, like, they're scrambling to make them. And if you have the initiative, you can really just do it. So, you know, I'm splitting Lings in the main. I'm killing Queens. And uh, I was able to power through. And I, I could, you know, my opponent, uh, I, I, it was it was an abrupt leave, let's say. <laughs> oh, man. I, I swear, it, it seems like every time a, another Zerg talks about a 13-12, it's like, it almost sounds like a schoolyard bully is just like coming up to you and like kicking sand in your eyes or something. Like every single Zerg has the same reaction to a thirteen twelve. It's just like God, not this shit again. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, I, I don't worry. I, I got, a, I got a page of notes. I got a page of notes to complain about thirteen twelve. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not a whole page, but like it's definitely on my it's, list. It's significant enough. But uh, it's so cool that you managed to uh to clutch that out in the end, even with the damage that you took early on. 
Yeah, I, I think my just in general for ZVZ right now, I'm feeling very scrappy and very cheeky. Uh, because again, I know that my strategy is not like the most elegant thing, but it's it's aggressive, it's committed, and it has very clear objectives, which I think is always comforting in a matchup where you know your objectives and like I know how to navigate the game state, even if they deflect it really well, even if uh, I completely bungle my attack, like I, I still feel confident in in playing it out even if i know i'm dead i'm just like well i could try one more time and maybe it'll work and sometimes it does you know like it, i think that's a hilarious thing as well yeah absolutely uh what about your low light for tonight yeah so this was a zvp that i played um the other day and this is <laughs> just in general for like that ladder session it was one of these weird ladder sessions where i felt like i didn't have like any executive thoughts, you know, like, like I couldn't, like I was playing the game, sure. And I was doing okay, honestly, but like, I felt like I was just missing like a good, like 80% of all of the critical thoughts that I usually have, uh, in a game. And, um, I was playing this Protoss and they did a weird, so they did a Twilight first opener, um, and a Prism's out and everything. And they're, I, confirmed that they've researched glaives so i'm like okay like it's a glaive build whatever i know how to deal with this um and we did a really good job just zoning the prism and denying warpins uh just always knowing where the prism is always having the queens in position like you know it, it's the kind of situation where like i see the prism like trying to set up and then my queens get there before it can even start the warp in so it just leaves like again i felt really really in control um, of the situation. Um, the, the thing that got me though, is that while he was doing this, this wasn't even really like an adept pressure. It was just like, I have a prism in four adepts and look at me, <laughs> you know, like, and, and, and I didn't really pick up on this because again, I just thought I was crushing it. You know, like I was just like, Oh, hey, we're, we're on top of it. You know, like we're, we're taking this guy for a ride, you know, like, again, I lost barely any drones. I had roaches wherever they needed to be. The adepts barely got any damage at all, and they barely even forced a reaction out of me, right? Like, I was able to, like, kind of drone as I'm pushing it back, you know? So um, the thing is, is that I just didn't notice he didn't have a third, and uh, I have zero excuse because I had lings on both third base locations, and it's, like, 6.30, 7 minutes, and there's still no third, but... Again, I was just uh, I was just feeling so cool and so ahead. Like again, like I was crushing it. Um, and then he just shows up with like uh, four sentries and like three immortals, and I'm like, um, uh, I don't have units, <laughs> and I just and I just super died, right? And you know, when I look when I look at the replay, it's like, okay, I thought this was like you know the regular four gate adept where you warp in like 12, but he warps in four, he warps in everything else at home, and he gets these, you know, these big powerful robo units, and and that's the real play, right? The prism being annoying, dancing around, is not even a play, and, and again, I was crushing it, but it's also because it's not, it's not the move that, that really matters, right? And, and again, uh, I just, I just didn't look at my minimap, I mean, I'm sure I looked at my minimap, but I didn't look at my minimap with like an ounce of critical thought to be like, oh, maybe I should be worried that he's doing a huge two base all in behind this prism. And uh, yeah, and then he just shows up and completely demolishes me. I have like 50 drones and like eight lings, you know, like. <laughs>
Yeah, I've always I always get spooks. You know, it's Diamond League, so people take third bases at weird times sometimes. So some like sometimes when I see that Protoss player like waiting until five thirty, I'm just like, "What is this? What are you What are you doing?" And then I like hunker back, and all of a sudden they take four bases, and it's just like, "Oh, okay, that's uh, that's what we're doing. All right." But um, I mean, it, it's so it's so easy to get like tricked and bamboozled on the ladder, and sometimes you just have the you know some of those games where it's just like you're focusing on the wrong thing and. I mean, in fairness, like four depths in a prism can technically get decent damage done, and it can. It is something that requires a little bit of focus, but yeah, sometimes it just it takes too much. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah. So when I was looking at the replay and really being like, how could I have actually figured this out? One, he never really tried to warp in that much. Like he tried to warp in like an extra like two, but if it's like four gate or six gate or whatever they're warping in a lot and like there's a lot that are like walking over from the natural usually um but he never really tried to warp in it looked like he wanted to try and again that's also why i was kind of like oh yeah i'm just denying it because i'm so good you know like <laughs> um and then the other thing too is that like if i just sent a zergling into his natural and saw like the sentry count and the the two immortals just sitting there i would have been like oh okay you know and, and it's it's such a small uh, like recognition where I'm just like, oh, if he had those units, like if I saw those units, I would have instantly known the the exact situation I'm in. But again, I was I was just focused on other stuff. I was uh, very confident in the game state, and I was super wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, at least it's a it's the latter is a learning experience to say the least. I mean, I think you'll get him next time. Well, uh, I think that'll do it for me. Um, How's the ladder going for you, my friend? So, uh, I only recently got back into the ladder, uh, leading, like, leading up to me coming back into the ladder, I would, I kind of got, like, ladder anxiety a little bit. Like, our, like, the last episode we talked, I was, I was, like, getting my way back into, you know, the StarCraft scene and, you know, trying to get some stuff figured out, um, last week was the week where I started like really feeling that itch. And I was just like, yeah, I really, I really want to get back into ladder. Um, and there were, there are two instances where I like, I sat down, I booted up the game. I did a warm up against the AI. And I was just like the ladder anxiety, like immediately kicked in. And the funny thing is, is like, it was like this fear of expectation, I guess. Like I, I just kind of like, it's hard to explain. It's like, I've, I felt like I was just going to get crushed. I wasn't like, I wasn't at peak performance. I, you know, just, just a bunch of like negative thoughts going through. And I was just like, I, Matt, you know what? I'll just play a chill game tonight. Uh, you know, I'm stressed. Like I'm stressed out from other stuff going on. Like I'll just take a chill tonight. Um, and eventually, uh, I, I finally like just kind of buckled down on Monday. I was just like, you know what? Let's just have a stream. And we'll see what happens. I even like had a, I, I even had a like something I was saying. I was just like, we'll, we'll go to three point two and start anew. Like that. That's that was my that was my mindset going in. It's just like, whatever happens, happens. Like I I know I'm rusty. I know the performance isn't going to quite be there. Let's just see what happens. Let's just start the derustification process and we'll just go for it. And to be honest with you, like, granted, it's a small sample size. It's only five games so far, but 
it really wasn't that bad, honestly. Like, I I, I definitely felt a lot more level-headed and clear-minded in a way. Like, some of the stuff that was happening wasn't bothering me as much. There was one instance with Mutalisk, but I, I could talk about that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it really wasn't too bad. Like, and it, like it, it was very clear the mistakes I was making, and it was clear that like some of like the base instincts for laddering were there. Like, some like it was always just this kind of like something's wrong. I know something's wrong, but I can't quite put my finger on what. And then you know the Protoss was on two bases with eight gateways. It's just like yeah that's right that's what that is okay yeah 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 all right well we'll 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 do it we'll figure this out and we'll we'll get it done next time but um yeah it's uh again it's like a small sample size but you know we're getting back into it and i, I i'm feeling fairly confident yeah no i mean i think i think starting is is always a challenge you know and and i've certainly had similar experiences especially when you're coming back and you're just i don't know when, whenever whenever I take a break, it, the ladder has a chance to like become even more unknown in a way, right? Because um, when you're regularly playing, like I don't know, y you live the ups and downs a little more directly. But if when you're coming back, you know it's gonna be fucking chaotic, right? But it's also like you haven't been there in a while, so I I always do I I know exactly what you're saying, where like it just feels a little more. Uh, like oppressive in, in in the idea of it you know like because again like I, <laughs> I we all we all learn from negative experiences being seared seared into our brains but um i'm glad i'm glad you're able to get out there and i'm glad you're able to be like oh okay like this isn't that bad you know like again and i think that's also um it's good to get those repetitions in because i've certainly done that multiple times too where it's like i'm more nervous than i usually am but once you're there, you're there, and uh, it you can you can impress yourself sometimes, you know. Yeah, it, it going back to what you said about like the the unknown element. Uh, when I was like starting to get back into it, um, there was so much buzz going around the StarCraft community. It's just like, oh, you know, Gumiho battle cruisers and Turtle Mech and. Uh, cheeses are wild and the zergs are doing this and the protosses are doing that and that that did kind of terrify me to be honest with you i'm just like the meta has changed in three weeks like what's happening what what am i expected to do i mean but like going into monday i was just like you know i've i've been doing kind of the same or similar things for years now it's just like why why would i change it at this point like the the things that i do still work and like if you can watch any streamer and they're like you know they're still doing the same things that i was doing so it's not like it's not like the meta has changed like so drastically that i'll come in and not have a clue it's not like i'm gonna like look and there's like orc warriors on the other side of the map and it's just like when did this become warcraft yeah no it's like actually we don't make factories anymore that's that's the new it's like it's like yeah i don't think your your opener builds are going to change that much but again i know i know that like that feeling where it, it it just feels more unknown um but but again this is something i tell myself a lot of the times too where you got to trust the build you know like you got to trust that the build will get you there right um because if you're doing a regular macro build you should be all right in in almost every situation there's very few instances where you have to drastically change what you're doing and i tell myself that all the time because 
sometimes it's not even something I've seen in a game. I just feel paranoid, you know, and like. I just I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna take two geysers early because like I, I just it feels weird it feels weird and like again I don't know why I'm feeling this but I'm doing things that are just off 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 the rails you know and, and again there's a certain amount of like you gotta have faith in the build and you gotta have faith that the build uh, can evolve and adapt to any sort of shenanigans and I think I think it's tough sometimes especially if you feel like you're out of practice because. If you're out of practice, your build will be worse, right? Like that's that's pretty given, you know, most of the time, right? But you got to trust the build. You got to believe. You got to believe in the build. And even if you lose, I think it's always good to just be like, yeah, well, you know, the build. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Pig that said that uh, Diamond players react to, react to more bullshit than GM players do. And I feel like that's definitely the case. I've definitely had that paranoid feeling where it's just like, I don't know what this is. I'm going to do something different. And it all, it never works out. Even if you win, it doesn't feel like a win. It's just like, you just kind of feel like garbage. <laughs> but uh, speaking of that, I actually did have an instance where I'd switched up my old build, but not necessarily out of paranoia. It's just because like, I don't remember what the fuck I was doing. I was just like, oh God, this is the roach rush. And the funny thing is, is like I scouted it perfectly, which I mean, I, I pat myself on the back for that one. But it was just like, the next step was like remembering like the response and the response is like don't change too much build up on the high ground and what i did was what i did was like uh liberator like literally the worst thing i could have done <laughs> yeah no it's 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 tough too and i think there's always a, a factor of the panic the panic adrenaline just sometimes make you makes you do weird stuff and um yeah it's it's a challenge yeah, it absolutely is. I don't know if you have anything else matchup specific that you wanted to get into. Uh, not really. I haven't faced the Terran. Uh, TVZ is TVC is a thing. Um, you know, uh, TVP is still technically a nightmare for me, just because I. That, that's the one matchup I've, I've struggled with. I will probably always struggle with. Uh. But yeah, I don't have anything in particular for matchups. I do have uh, one highlight, though. So for the five games that I played, I played two against a, uh, a mutual friend of ours. I think you're actually here for uh, those two games. But uh, the first game, I, I kind of just got walloped. I, I think it was like the first game coming back. So I just got I got I got blasted pretty hard. Um. We got him again. It was like the fourth or fifth game. And by that point, I, I felt a little bit warmed up and I was like starting to kind of get back into the groove of things. You know, we, we started remembering like, okay, this, like I, I finally had it down. just like, okay, this is the build. Let's run with it. Um, and we'll, we'll see what happens. And I, I felt fantastic. Like we were doing multi-prong. Uh, most of our stuff was like, on time and like i was feeling really good if i kind of felt like i was back to like me prior to taking the break or maybe maybe even a little bit better because i was i felt like more level-headed and not like agitated constantly but uh like we we were like you know we were pushing on two sides like if uh if we dip below 170 supply we backed up we like restocked re like took a look at the situation just like okay yeah i can push again let's do it uh 
and uh i was even doing like like little tricks as well that i'm i usually don't do like uh uh they had like a couple of banelings that were set up for a run by i happened to see it on the sensor tower i'm just like i sent a medevac over and just like dropped individual marines on the banelings just to get them to pop which i thought i personally i thought that was kind of cool i i, I like i like doing little tricks like that yeah yeah it feels it feels it feels cool i i know those kind of moves where you're like yeah you know what it's fun <laughs> yeah uh, but the nice thing was is that you know they, they sent me they sent me a couple of really nice messages afterwards that really like re really made me feel like like like, like kind of like i was just back and it was like it was, it was really heartfelt it, it felt really nice and you know i was just i was happy to get a chance to play against them yeah no that's good i mean you know i think it's also like i don't know i don't know if you've had this before but sometimes when you lose to something i i i'm like i please i wish i could play that one more time because i know i would absolutely crush it you know like like it's it's i was missing like one key point or whatever and it's like if I just if I had one more chance to play this guy doing the same build, I know for a hundred percent I would destroy it. Um, and you don't always get that on the ladder, but it, it's it's nice sometimes when you can feel the adjustments, even if it's a different player or a different situation. Like just just enacting these adjustments in real time is like super uh, exciting, you know. Yeah, I mean the really nice thing was just like you know there's at this point there's like you know, four or five weeks of rust that I built up. And like in that game, it, it literally felt like I was like, I don't, what's the word for de-rusting? I, I don't know what the technical term for it is, but it, it literally felt like it was just like flaking off and I was like getting back to where I was before. And it was just like, this is the flow of the game. I mean, granted, there's still some stuff that I miss for sure. Not only just because, you know, I'm a diamond two player, but also because like, you know, I, I'm still like a touch rusty, but the basic flow of the game was there and i like i felt like i felt so invigorated like actually being able to like pull all of this stuff off again so i was just thrilled yeah no and i think i think feeling like you're playing well is actually very like good and important you know cuz um i've certainly had games where like i'm winning but i'm also like i am not playing well <laughs> you know like but but there are times where if you just feel like you're playing well, um, that that can go a long way as far as just like, I don't know, I feel like I have a stronger mental ability or a mental ability to like understand my mistakes or to understand what was still good about how I played. And again, that's all based off of like me having confidence in the situation, right? And I think, I think also this is something that I've kind of learned from getting coaching lately is that I'm so much more confident in these situations right and um just to know like the path that i'm doing is acceptable for most situations it allows me to kind of build the framework from there right and again feeling like you're playing well is is such a powerful thing and and i i constantly i can be surprised by myself when i like feel like i'm playing well because those are sometimes still the days where i can get these really weird scrappy wins or you know, really from the back, from the back end, uh, you know, making the comeback or whatever. But um, yeah, it's, it's the, the relationship between like how you're actually playing and how you're feeling, how you're playing, I think is like, it's tough. It's tough. And I think every player kind of struggles with it, you know? 
Well, I mean, that was part of the reason I wound up taking a break in the first place, because, you know, even the wins that I was getting, it it, it felt ex- like mentally exhausting because I was like, I, I was genuinely being my own worst enemy. It's just like I played like absolute shit. Like I shouldn't have won this game. And it was that was like almost every single win. It was brutal. And like just being able to have that feeling again of just like oh, I'm playing pretty well. I, I'm actually like I, I feel proud of this. Like it, it was extremely refreshing. Yeah, but that's really all I had for my ladder experience. I know it's a bit, it's a bit small, but you know we're we're still we're still cranking it back up, uh, and you know hopefully by the time of the next podcast we will have more to discuss. But I mean, with that being said, we can go ahead and hop into the topic unless you had uh, anything else you wanted to talk about. No, I think we can dive dive right in. All right, well, let's uh, let's talk about some cheese tonight. Probably one of the most infamous topics in StarCraft II, especially right now, and especially for lower league players. It's, I'll be blunt, it's incredibly frustrating to deal with. Um, at, like as a macro player myself, like it, it can it can feel very frustrating to, you know, just get hit with a strategy that you feel is like cheap or underhanded like your opponent tricked you or you just like didn't scout something and all of a sudden you're going to be dead at the six minute mark like it it, it can be brutal it can be hard to deal with uh hopefully we can uh help you guys figure out a good way of kind of being able to mentally deal with it maybe execute your own cheeses or just dealing with it in general so uh dan if you would like to start us off here uh yeah, so I mean I think cheese is definitely like ingrained within the StarCraft culture. Like there've always been cheesy builds and um you know, I I think I have a pretty spe- specific definition for cheese where I think it's something that is like extremely committed is how I would define it. Like there's some there's some builds that people call cheese, but I'm kind of like, well, sorta like uh, there's a gray area all the time too and it's like well they're just super committed on like 40 drones and it's like it's not really a cheese but it could be i guess like you know it depends who you ask but um i always mark it by like this huge level of commitment right and and some sometimes that commitment hits you in the first minute you know sometimes it hits you in the first like four minutes um but it's it's always a challenge and i think that it's also very uh it can be very uh, disheartening and discouraging for lower league players and to the point where <laughs> to the point where I feel like sometimes cheese existing makes lower league players a lot worse because it's it's the it's the mentality of like oh well I don't want to get cannon rush so I'm gonna make two spines in my natural base so I'm safe and it's like okay like you really do not need that is way overkill and like you've just obliterated your build by making static D this early, right? But again, it's like when you're first starting out, you don't really know that. And I think it's it can be very, uh, I don't know, it, it's it's scary, man. I think, I think cheese is very scary, especially if it's cheese you've never seen before. Um, granted, in Diamond, I feel like I've seen almost every version, you know, like not everything. I could never see everything. There's some, there's some creative folks out there who do all sorts of weird stuff, but 
I, I can at least look at something and kind of understand the gist of it and understand what their, uh, you know, goals and expectations are with that build. Um, but this is something that, like, that I think one of the hardest things about being, like, hello, my name is Dan and I am a macro player. You know, like, just deciding to be a macro player means you really have to know a lot of different things as far as how to deal with things, how to respond to things. And how to, like, just not worry about it. And I also, like, really try to avoid this, like, ah, just don't worry about it kind of thing. Because, like, you do want to worry about it, but it's also, like, most of the time, like, if you were to look at, like, a plat or a gold replay, the the panic is on a level that is uh, astronomically above where it could be, right? And um, sometimes that's just fear, or sometimes that's just a lack of knowledge, but... Uh, it can be very challenging to just learn uh, the situations in these super committed uh, positions, you know? Right. So usually whenever I go into a game, um, like, you know, I intend to be, to play like a macro game. I, I feel like that's where I'm most comfortable, where I'm strongest. Um, you're going to have a lot of people on the ladder that feel like they're strongest in being aggressive in the first few minutes. And... The thing that the thing that kills me is that I, I definitely panic whenever I start to realize that I'm being cheese because so so here's here's where I differ from you know like a gold player is that I know like I know the response I know that it has to be like measured out a certain way but my fear starts to come in and just like if I overdo it I die if I underdo it I die so now I'm like I'm starting to overthink uh just like where I should be, like how, how, sh how should I respond to, or not even how should I respond to this? It's, it's more just like this fear of having the wrong response and then kind of getting locked up because of that. And then like starting to make mistakes because I'm overthinking, like even little things, it's just like, okay, I'm count like I'm counting gateways or I I'm trying to see how much gas to tear in his mind or, you know, just like, where like where is this other zerg structure and then like i'm paying too much attention to that and you know stuff at home starts to, to slip up really badly and realistically if i had just like done my normal build i probably would have been fine with like one change but i'm sitting here like looking on the other side of the map just like panicking and trying to figure out what's going on and then die minutes later yeah i think i think it's also like as soon as you discover something that is super aggressive, like you see the gateway that's proxied or whatever, like there's that initial panic, but then there's also that initial, like, what if it's this? Well, what if it's this? Well, maybe it could be this. Like, and I think sometimes processing all of those priorities at once is really, really challenging. Right. And, um, I think it's also, it, it escalates so fast right like like that's that's the thing that i think is the most lethal about it is that you're like oh okay i'm holding this cannon rush and then like three void rays show up and you're like well i wasn't ready for that you know like like i was ready for you know him like creeping stalkers in or whatever but like three void rays that are just a surprise to me like can just straight up kill me right like um and i think that one game where three void rays show up influences all the other games where void rays are not even like on the table right like not even like he hasn't even thought about a stargate right like um and i think that that uh like that stressful kind of what if uh you know fantasizing or you know extrapolating whatever you want to call it 
um, can just make you play worse. <laughs> you know, like, like I think, I think it's easy to, uh, just look at some of these replays and be like, yeah, I'm just playing worse. Cause I'm stressed out, you know, like, and I'm trying to figure out, uh, what to do here, uh, and what my opponent's doing, because again, sometimes you're, you're really in the dark. And again, every, I think the other thing too, is that every cheese is going to be a little bit different, uh, either from personal choice or either from build order choice, or just, maybe they're just fucking around you know like like maybe they're just doing stuff and there's literally no plan right versus some other people that i play where like you know every pylon has been planned and they're like this is what they do you know and they have it down to a very specific uh specific art or whatever but um it's always it's always panic inducing but i think the more experience you get the the better you can kind of deal with it and again i still freak out when i see certain things but it's also like proxy for gate is something i should freak out about because it's going to kill me in 30 seconds if i don't do you know these three things in a timely manner right yeah so I, i've read this book before called thinking in bets and one of the uh, premise that they lay out in that book is that uh losses weigh twice as much on you than wins do so whether you want it to or not like every loss is going to be more mentally and emotionally impactful on you than a win is like every single time so like you you're not thinking about the times that you beat a cheese sometimes like you know because you know if you beat a cheese like it you kind of like pass it off it's just like oh it's a normal game a lot of the times but yeah. the moment or it's like oh this guy <laughs> this guy screwed up his pylon oh poor guy yeah. <laughs> you just win right like it's, it's over yeah, but if you if you lose that cheese, like that that sh it's like you said that sticks around for a while and it starts to leak into even like normal games where you know your opponent actually did like put a pylon down too late, but you know you were scouting around. It's just like where is that second pylon? Why is there no pylon here? You're cheesing me. You're proxying something. Like I, I have to have a response to that, and it's just not it's just not the case. Yeah, I think so. This is like a, this is like a weirder psychological route, but I do think that uh, I think I think one of the things that I've really tried to get away from is that this idea that like I shouldn't ever lose to cheese, you know, like because I think a lot of macro players have that idea where it's like I'm good at macro, I'm I'm not supposed to die to dumb builds, right? But I think that's so flawed and so non uh practical or real like because yeah man sometimes you're just dead like <laughs> and I think sometimes people lose to cheese and they beat themselves up about it really really hard because you're you're admitting that you like you've lost to something that's kind of silly or kind of dumb right and again a lot of the cheese builds do sometimes look pretty dumb <laughs> you know like that's that's why they're effective sometimes is that they're uh they're high risk high reward right and and the highest reward is you just win the game right and i think it's always it's always productive to just process these losses and and again this is like some weird moral thing sometimes that starcraft people say where it's like if you cheese like you're a worse player and it's like whatever like who cares right like like i don't know these people who who have to like say this idea it's like honestly we're playing a game like you can do all sorts of shit if you want to do shit that's like kind of gimmicky like 
go for it. Like you'll either win really decisively or you'll get dunked on by other players who just really know how to handle it, you know, like, um, and, and I think when you kind of watch uh, from that perspective, like the Coconut Games stream, you can see sometimes it works incredibly well and other times uh, she gets shut down so hard and is dead for like from minute three, you know, she's in a terrible spot. And, and um, I think that that's always, uh, it's it's just tough. It's just tough to, I don't know, be okay with losing to cheese. But there's all sorts of cheeses where I'm just like, yeah, well, uh, it's a it's a build. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, yeah, we gave it the old college try. Like the, like, uh, like drone pull spine in ZVZ, I, I've probably beaten it like twice, maybe three times in my entire career. And I've gotten it a lot more than that. Um, and the only time I ever feel like I win is when I, uh, when they just completely screw it up or I go pool first because they're a random player <laughs> and I just win because I have a pool done already when they're making spines and it's like, it's not a big deal, but uh, that's about it. Like, honestly, and, and pretty much every other time I just lose and I'm like, well, this is, we, we lose here. <laughs> yeah. Speaking to uh, kind of how the Starcraft community feels about cheese, it's, it, it's so weird because if you watch some of the bigger streamers, uh, you know, if they get cheese, like, the chat's almost a hundred percent with them every single time. It's just like, yeah, that's bullshit. I can't believe they would do that. It, the ladder's all cheese. It's all it's all sucks. It's like this guy was a terrible player. He wouldn't have been able to beat you after the five minute mark. But the moment they start cheesing, it's like, Proxy Thor is ass. Get him. Yeah, it's so entertaining. And I mean, it, it's it, it's kind of weird that. Um, you know, like we hate playing against it, but God, we love seeing people do it sometimes. Like I, I used to watch Florencio like religiously just to see like what kind of crazy stuff he would come up with. Cause it's, it is entertaining to watch that type of stuff. But the moment you hit it on ladder, it's just like, I, you, this guy sucks. He's an idiot. And it's, it's like, pick, pick a lane, please. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think there's, there's a couple things there is, one, I totally agree with you. It's so exciting when you see it. Um, and like, yeah, of course it's exciting because you know it's going to be decided decisively or, you know, like, you know, dark can like uh, Rogue is Rogue is really funny to me because Rogue is like the ultimate ladder Zerg Chad and he just does some of the goofiest shit ever. And like, like sometimes you don't even need the face cam to see like Rainer or dark be like i can't believe he's doing this goddamn build and it's working you know like he does like the like just 19 drones non-stop lings and just floods like and it's like this is like this is such a build and it's it's so silly but he does it you know in a way that's so committed and and maybe he disguises it or whatever but like it's so goofy and uh i'm sure it's very painful to lose but it's also like yeah he like he's free to do that like that's that's totally fine um and I think I think that it's super exciting. I think the game would be a lot more boring if Cheese wasn't there. You know, granted, playing against it not super fun, but it it I think I think the best cheeses are cheeses that are you know high risk, high reward, but they will almost always have like pretty large vulnerabilities, right? And I think sometimes it's hard to recognize the vulnerabilities that are present either from. Uh, the situation or either from like the the game state that's already happened like sometimes you know you'll see someone 
complain about losing to a cheese build and it's like yeah like you realize you were dead for like eight minutes in this game right like 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 you were you were dead after the first wave you just kept playing it out and it's it's so painful that like it just gets more painful you know like like again I, i've seen this all the time i usually see it with like zergs versus like proxy robo or something like that and it's like no no you were dead kind of when you like lost your natural or like you were dead when you didn't break the contain in a cost effective way and basically the Protoss can can literally do anything at this point and it's it's the cheese has already worked right and i think that 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 sometimes it's hard to recognize that but it's also why i'm like super uh laser focused on a lot of my replay analysis for for these games because there the margins are sometimes thinner as far as like the amount of time you have uh and the uh like priorities where you like sometimes i get cheese and i'm just like i don't even know how he did this you know like like how did he get these units at this time like it makes no sense but then you look at it and you're like oh okay well like he skipped add-ons and like he did this thing and this thing and it's like oh okay like i i can see how that makes his transition like utter garbage right but it makes this first you know, liberator that comes out super scary and surprising, right? Like it's, it's, it's weird stuff like that. And I think, um, it can be hard to understand that. And, and one of the best learning things is I learned a lot watching pig coach other Zergs in these situations, because you can, you can pick out so many details from that replay in these like high pressure situations. And if you make like, honestly, this was this was an eye-opening thing I had in probably in plat, maybe maybe earlier, maybe later. But like I was just like, oh, I'm getting proxy, proxy cannoned battery, whatever. Oh, I just make queens and like I can win. <laughs> you know, like like just by having like four queens makes my life uh, a million times easier, but I wouldn't realize that I only had one queen for the first five minutes of the game. Because again, I'm in pure panic mode and I'm freaking out the entire time because there's cannons shooting me. Um, but it's also like, if I just had Queens, you know, as like a backbone and was doing other things, it's like, it's not even, it like it's, I don't want to say it's easy, but like, it's like, oh, this is actually fine. You're, or you're dying to a proxy racks. And it's like, yeah, once you get three Queens, no amount of unupgraded Marines can hurt you, you know, like, and it's, uh, you, you kind of have to go through that experience, you know? Yeah, I, I want to bring up a point that uh, you were kind of alluding to there. And before I say this, I want to say that I'm about to jump up on a soapbox that I know damn well I don't deserve to get up on. I have yelled and screamed and cursed about cheeses. I have said that they're cheap strategies before. I have said probably worse things about cheese, to be honest with you. But the fact of the matter is is that there's only one part of the game that you can control and that is you like how you how you choose to respond to a cheese and i, I don't mean just like within the game i also mean like mentally like you can like in the moment like it's very easy to just dismiss it it's just like this is bullshit like cheese is for like is worthless like if you cheese your dog shit at the game and you don't deserve to play like you can take that route but the fact of the matter is is that you lost because you made some key mistakes and i i, I you know that's just that's literally how it is um and it kind of brings up another point is that a lot of players especially in our league like they say 
oh, you know, if I could just get out of Diamond where it's all cheeses, then, you know, I'd be in Masters with all the macro players. That's not true at all. It's not, like, it's it's very much not true. Like, if you can watch, like, pro streams and you'll see them get just absolutely demolished by some cheeses, they are going, in fact, if anything, they get even more deadly. They get even more practice. And, yes, it does require practice to be able to do a cheese. It's not a complete just, like, free win type of thing. You do have to put some effort into learning your cheese. But that being, like... It gets more lethal and it never goes away. That is a part of StarCraft and you can either accept it and just like try and figure out a way or like to actually beat them and continue up the ladder or you can have the negative attitude of just like fuck it. It's you know it's a bullshit strategy that I don't need to actually learn against because it's just a free win every single time my opponent does it. Like there are very clear weaknesses in your play that you're not addressing. And again, I'm guilty of it. I am 100% guilty of it. I'm a person who has had those attitudes before. I still, I'll probably have them going forward too, especially like in the heat of the moment. But the reality is I'm a diamond scrub. I'm a diamond ass player. And there are so many weaknesses in my, in my gameplay and my responses to cheese in the game. I've got a lot of work ahead of me to be able to figure these things out. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's, I think it's definitely frustrating, and, and I also think that, uh, like, for every cheese that you shut down, you're gonna lose to another one, and, and it might even be the same exact build, just because like your execution's off, or like, oh, you know, you you lost two ravagers before you got up to five or something like that. Like, like there's all sorts of different ways to do it. The thing that I really uh, dislike sometimes about the community's perspective on cheese is when they use it as a way to avoid accountability in their play and to use it as like, oh, you know, this is bullshit. Uh, granted, there are some some cheeses where it's like, yeah, man, it's tough, you know? And, and sometimes I get people who, who come to my chat and they're like, what do I do about, you know, this build? Or like, they're like, I, I keep dying a spine, spine drone pull, whatever, 12 pull. And I'm like, well, I think just accept that you'll lose to it. <laughs> like, because yeah, you could do all this like fancy stuff with the hatchery wall and the Evo chambers. And, you know, if you really want to learn that response or that reaction, like go for it. But I also don't think that's the best use of your time for a build that you'll see, you know, less than 5% of the time, right? Like, I don't think that that's something that will uh like pay off for you as far as working on it again if you want to work on it that way like sure go for it um but it's also just uh it's it's just it's it it'll feel bad And, and sometimes like if someone asks me how to deal with something and they're like i'm in gold i'm like ah just just try to make drones you know like like because it's so far from the main priorities of dealing with a specific like cannon rush or whatever it's like yeah like if you show me the replay i could tell you things that would like help you respond to it better but it's also like it's okay to just kind of lose to it you know like like again that's that's something that i very much adopted because uh like even for like cannon rush for me my strategy for cannon rush is to a move my drones and try to micro my way out of it with the drones and Sometimes it works really well and I win and sometimes uh, I lose and that's that's how it goes, you know, and, and I think that like 
granted, there will be times where I'll look at the replay. I'll be like, oh, I thought he was going to put a cannon here and he put one here. And then like, oh, I thought I had good surface area here. Or like, oh, I, I didn't click on this uh, pylon. I thought it was a cannon or vice versa. Like that happens all the time to me because it's just, it's a stressful situation. Um, but there are times where it's like, sometimes you don't need to learn the, res the specific response, right? And granted, I have a specific response for a lot of the things that are common, right? But there are also times where it's just like, yeah, if he gets it up, I'm I'm in trouble. You know, like like if those first three batteries get up, I'm in big trouble. And I will still kind of give it the old college try. But I also know that like my window to be the best in the best spot that I could be has probably closed, right? And that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest thing that like we could tell like somebody who's lower league than us would be like, just try and stick to your strategy as much as possible. Like have an idea of what you want to do going into game and then just try to stick to it regardless of what's happening. Cause usually a lot of the time we talk about this, like in this podcast, but like you have, you do have to have trust in your build. Like a lot of the times that every standard macro build has like maybe a tweak or two that can be made to deal with like a cheesy response or like a something that's cheesy. And I, I do think that's true. I, like, there's definitely a lot of, like, just tiny adjustments you can make. And a lot of, sometimes you don't even have to make an adjustment at all. Like, uh, if I see a Zerg getting super aggressive and I'm just, like, watch, like, I'll watch for, like, a Roach Warren to go down. And just to be safe, I'll, like, build my command center on the high ground. Uh, like, is it optimal in all, in all scenarios? Probably not. But at the same time, you know, I'd, I'd rather just be safe and then try to stick to my build as much as possible. The only change I made was building the command center on the high ground. Like that's pretty much it. Maybe I'll make a cyclone after that. But after, like once that happens, I just want to stick to my build as much as possible. And it's, it's, you know, it's just something that lower league players just, not that they don't want to do it, but they just, they get scared and they feel like they have to have a response to it. Yeah, and I think, again, it all kind of comes back to the trust trust the build, right? And, and uh, you know, making a call like that to just put your command center on the, on the high ground is like, it's a very mature choice, right? Because it's also like, well, if he's doing this, we'll be fine. If he's not doing this, eh, whatever, right? And, and I think it's also, uh, that kind of comes from experience and that kind of comes from like, uh, just just having an idea of what's possible, right? And I also think one of the scariest things when you're operating off of like no game knowledge is you really don't know when you should be worried about things right where it's like oh you, you play a zerg and you scout pool first and it's like okay like yeah he could make six zerglings but it's six it's six zerglings without speed right like it's 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 yeah i mean it's different and it's potentially scary but it's not something where it's like you have to like get a tank at two minutes or something right like and i think learning these kind of measured responses is is tough but uh it takes experience and the more times you see a certain cheese the more equipped you'll be to uh deal with it i had i had another thing i wanted to say so i remember this um this was a while ago but uh when i i played games with Ayret who did all sorts of proxy battery cannon shenanigans in his PVZ. And one of the things that I thought was really funny when I would talk to him after our games is how nervous and terrified he is throughout all stages of his attack, right? Because in my mind, I'm the Zerg and I'm 
you know, trying to zone these cannons. I'm trying to bile stuff. I'm trying to break the contain, you know, whatever. I'm doing all this stuff. But in my mind, I was like, oh, yeah, the Protoss is sitting there. They're reclined. They're they're clicking the mouse, and they're just placing building, and they're placing a building, they're placing a battery. Like, I imagine them very, like, lackadaisical or whatever. But when I talk to him, it's like, oh, no, he's just as stressed out as I am in that situation because if he loses that probe, the game ends, right? So it's like... He's freaking out about his probe and where it is and where it's safe or whatever. And, like, he also has very tight margins for what he needs to do and what he needs to accomplish in order for this to be, you know, effective. And he was like, oh, yeah, you're really good at, like, pulling your queens back or, like, you know, you're really good at, like, denying the vision. And I'm like, oh, really? Like, <laughs> like it doesn't feel like that when I'm when I'm doing it. Like, it doesn't feel like I'm in control or whatever. But, um, you know, it, it's they're they're sweating it out just as much right and again some builds they might not be sweating as much but i also think that like you have to understand that they're taking a huge risk by even committing to that build at all right yeah i actually wanted to make a similar point uh whenever i cheese it, it's it's the stress is still there it's just a slightly different type of stress um like if i'm doing like uh some kind of proxy racks build I am genuinely terrified that they're going to like scout it immediately. And I like, it, it stresses me out to like no end. Yeah. I think everyone who's getting cheesed is like, Oh, this guy, he's, he's playing with his eyes closed. He's making these Marines out of these four barracks. Like it, it seems like it's the, the easiest, dumbest thing. And it's like, no, no, it's, it's, it can be pretty like, it's different granted, but it's tough, man. Like, it's... <laughs> no, yeah. Like I, the, the same sinking feeling that I get if I like lose a whole bunch of Marines to a bunch of Banelings, I get the same feeling. Like if an overlord paths right over my proxy, it's just like, that's game over. <laughs> it's the same like game over feeling. Um, all right. I want to talk about 1312 cause it's my least favorite cheese. And I want to tell you why go for it. We, we, we went, we went this whole up. We went this whole episode to kind of like uh, alleviate cheese. It's just like, <laughs> I thought it would come up. I thought it would come up organically, but I want to talk about why I don't like it specifically. It's very specific. So, for those who don't know, ZBZ uh, thirteen twelve, what they refer to as typically. There's different ways to do it, but thirteen twelve is kind of the the baseline. Um, is you take a gas and then you take a pool and then you get really fast zergling speed and then you usually get a baneliness, right? There's there's variations. You can skip one or the other or whatever, but like uh, basically. It's super, super committed, uh, and it's a very, very challenging build to hold, right? You know, there there are definitely a lot of advantages you have as the other player, as far as, like, you have a second natural, you have way more drones, you uh, have way more larva to produce, you have an ability to make two queens if you have the time to get them out, but... Other than that, it is one of these cheeses that is just so brutal. And if it's executed well, I feel like I just lose, right? And again, I have a response. My response is, you know, okay, I got to check if they have a natural, right? And I think that's one of the scariest things about it is that it's hard to confirm exactly what it is. And that's my biggest gripe with it is that sometimes the information that I get that it's 1312 is so late, it's really hard for me to... uh respond in a timely manner right and some of that has to do with like the map size like how far your first overlord has to go to see the natural because if you see the natural it's probably a 12 pool expansion or it's some weird 
expansion plus gas, which is honestly just like a bad, it's not a good build. <laughs> like it's just, it's just too goofy and weird. But um, so if you, if you, once you confirm that there's no natural, then you can kind of do your response and kind of try to micro your way out of it. Again, I've gotten a lot better at defending it, but it's also one of these builds where I'm just like, yeah, I can lose to this. It's fine. <laughs> like, because I do feel like it's, it's really, really tough to, uh, get everything you need together right and i think also like um it's it's just it's just one of these builds where you get the information late the tools that you have to defend at that time are pretty limited right it's not like it's hitting later and you have queens or you have even an ability to make spines because like your spawning pool is not quite done a lot of times when you first see it um but you do have advantages you know and i think it's it's important to understand the advantages you have but it's also like yeah sometimes i'm just dead all right, like, yep, there it is. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Those are those sound like similar feelings that I had to like uh, proxy void rays, you know, back before the patch hit, where it was just, it was like it, it was super. It was a super super oppressive build. It, I mean, Ter Terrence know what I'm talking about. It was like it, it's so hard to beat back, and you just can't leave your base. And it's just massive unknown of like, what are they doing behind it at this point? It's just, I, I definitely understand those feelings. Yeah. And, and look, I didn't play versus the proxy void. I watched a lot of people play it. Like I watched Shuyi deal with it. I watched Sal deal with it all the time. But like, it is brutal because even if you know it's coming, it's still really hard to get prepared and to um just stay solid because it's also like even if you're prepared even if you get like your first two cyclones out or whatever like if you blink and you lose those cyclones like the game is over and i think that is so punishing and i definitely think that needed to be patched out you know i mean eventually but took some time but yeah it was it's brutal and, and again i think i think all cheese should have uh, a decent amount of counterplay built in right because you know, even if I'm getting 13, 12, I'm doing it versus a guy who has like six less drones than me, right? And half the production that I have, right? So um, I think I think there should always be counterplay. This is again, this is like a balance thing, but I think there should always be counterplay. Um, and there should always be like, I don't know, a way to uh, survive and persevere. Because again, like the reality of StarCraft is that it's easier to attack than it is to defend, right? And And um that's elevated especially if it's in the first you know two minutes of the game three minutes in the game whatever it is right um but you know it's it's tough i will say <laughs> i haven't mentioned this but this is also something i want to say when you crush a cheese i feel like a gaming god when i demolish a cheese like especially if i just feel like they there's like no room for them to go and like i'm just in complete control um and i feel like i'm Cyril and i just crushed i just crushed everyone and it's 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 honestly one of the most satisfying things again it's not gonna happen all the time but when it does especially when it's just like you know some weird proxy battery or something and i obliterate it without even a hesitation oh feels good man yeah, it, it absolutely does. I, I I flip between like two different feelings about like being a cheese. It's either confusion or like that feeling of elation you're talking about. And the confusion mostly comes from like I I just expect them to have more stuff. Honestly, like a, a lot of the time, I like I, I panic a little bit. I'm just like they have to be getting a base behind. Like I, sometimes I don't 
take into consideration that they're spending a lot of resources on this cheese and that there are inherent weaknesses with it. So in my mind, I'm just like, oh, they have like two bases behind this. They have to be teching up behind this as well. Like this is like I, I've been sitting in my base for too long. I want to get out on the map. I want to attack. I don't want to keep defending like this is like, what if I mess up my defense? You know, go on and on and on. And then all of a sudden they leave. I'm like, huh? Wait, what? They're gone. I thought. And then I look at the replay. And it's just like, that's all they had. I'm just like, all right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think I think it really it really tests your game sense to a level that is uh, even more detailed than than some macro games. Right. Because there's also a lot of choices that the cheeser has as far as how they transition or not right like and i think i think people who cheese all the time actually have insane game sense as far as understanding the situation and and i think that's the other thing too is that if you're being cheesed by someone they they may or may not have a lot more experience in those game situations than you do right and um, you know, the higher I get in Diamond, the more I'm like, I have a response and they have a response, you know, and it kind of, the two kind of go at each other. But um, I think sometimes the cheeser definitely has like a knowledge advantage just because they know like, oh, they're going to try to do this to escape or like, oh, they're going to try to do this to tech out of it or whatever. And like, I, I think, I think all good cheesers have really laser focus on whether they've done enough, like if they've done enough damage and can transition into honestly whatever they want or like whether they're super far ahead and they can just expand everywhere and it like literally doesn't matter. Uh, I think they usually have a good sense of that. And sometimes just because you're on the back foot, it can be really hard again to, uh, you know, take stock of the situation and be like, Oh, I'm super dead already. <laughs> or like, Oh, like, you know, this guy has no transition at all. Like this guy has zero gas income at this point in the game. And, I took damage, but I'm fine, you know? And, and again, I think it all goes back to, again, really parsing as much as you can from the replay. Because again, these game states are so unique and so specific. It really is in your best interest to try to learn as much as you can from these wacky, weird, you know, oh, they proxied a Stargate. Oh, but then they lost probes. And then, oh, I did this. And like, it, it it's always just going to be weird. And I always tip my cap at these players who are just good at weird situations. And uh, I, I think I think I was I was watching Ragnarok and Ragnarok was just doing weird stuff in ZVZ. And like you could tell like Solar was just like, I, what what am I looking at? Like, <laughs> like, like the whole time he's just like, I don't know what this is. And like, again, it's him kind of it's not necessarily cheesy, but it's it's him manipulating the game state to something he likes and his opponent doesn't understand. Right. And, and I think that that's. Uh, pretty typical for a lot of cheese builds or a lot of you know really early aggression um, but yeah I don't know it's complicated yeah I, I do want to expand on it a little bit in that you know all, all players have a state of the game that they're most comfortable and most knowledgeable in um, and the cheeser is definitely very knowledgeable at hiding information or catching their opponents in very uncomfortable situations that being said, you know, if you're a macro player, you're most comfortable getting into like the mid and late game. That's like where you shine and that's where the cheeser hasn't had hasn't had as much experience because they're kind of like usually like their chance to kill you is going to be like the first 6 minutes 
as long as you don't take like horrific damage you can you can get into a state of the game that you're comfortable with that you have more knowledge in that's where that's your time to shine and that's where you should be able to like that should be your goal is to just like the situation's weird now let's try to get it back into a state that i'm more comfortable with and granted like i say that and it's way hard it's way harder to do than it is to say like i can sit here and say that all day long but i still struggle with it but like at, at that point your goal should be just like survive and then you know get back to what you're most comfortable with yeah yeah don't definitely and i think i think sometimes it, it really depends on the build that you're facing but sometimes the goal is just to survive right because you already have advantages going for you and as long as you survive to the next phase of the game you're fine right other times it's like no no i have to crush this or i'm dead right but again it's gonna your mileage may vary but uh, i totally know that feeling too where you know the dust settles on their initial attack and i go okay i i know what to do here like i'm gonna get three base i'm gonna drone my third mineral line and i'm gonna get one one and then we're gonna smash pretty much at the normal time we would you know off a drone count right like again it's delayed but he's delayed i'm delayed but i i know what i'm gonna do and i'm gonna do it pretty well and um, again, my ability to produce on three base is just bam, bam, bam. And, uh, you know, you can, you can, uh, just make it into a good situation. And again, just like the ZVZ I was talking about where it's like, yeah, I took a lot of damage. I was really in a rough spot and, uh, I, a, not only knew how to get back in the game. Like I was like, okay, we're going to do Ling Bane pressure. Just maybe we'll catch him droning. Maybe we'll kill a queen. And, uh, it, it went great. It evened out the game. And then it was still in a position where I'm like, oh, okay, like this is fine now. You know, like um, I can feel confident about going to the next phase of the game. And again, it's uh, I can feel great about my overall production and overall my, hey, I'm a macro guy, so I'm going to do what I can do. And, uh, you know, sometimes it can really pay off. And um, yeah, man, it, it feels good too when, when you can when you can survive and then not only survive, but also make the right calls once you're there. Um, but it doesn't happen overnight. And I think there is a lot of experience talking there for me where you hold stuff, you take stock of what you have, and then you execute the next step. Uh, because there's a lot of cheeses that I've lost in the past where the dust settles, I'm in a good spot, but I have such a terrible understanding of where my opponent is and where I am that I just, I don't know, YOLO across the map and lose all my army or like, uh, you know, go across the map and walk into two void raids and a battery. And it's like, okay, well, probably didn't need to do that. But um, that's the experience. That's the experience there. And the more you face these kind of weird situations, I think the better you'll be at uh, just understanding, you know? Yeah, the experience definitely helps with just like staying calm and level-headed and just like doing what you do best. It definitely helps a lot. Uh, there was one more point I wanted to bring up before we uh, we call it a night here. And it's just... Uh, I, I feel like there's a reason why cheeses on the ladder are so much more deadly than anywhere else in the game and I, I think it just comes back to the fact that like your next opponent is kind of an unknown and especially like in the lower leagues like the lower leagues have a massive population compared to like high masters and gm like high masters and gm everybody pretty much knows each other they play against each other all the time but usually in diamond league you're going to get a new opponent every single time like i usually don't play the same person more than three times in the season 
Um, and that being said, it's just like, I, like, I don't know the other person on the other side. They could be cheesing me. They could be a macro player. Like they could just be doing something completely bizarre. It's like completely unknown. But if I were to uh, play practice games with you, I have an understanding of like who you are as a player. And I know the chances of what, like what you're going to do. Like, I, cause I know that you have a couple of cheeses like in your repertoire and it'd be something that I would be looking out for. Granted, I still lose to it, but it's, it's, it's something that I know, I know is a possibility and I can kind of prepare for it a little bit better than just say like a random Zerg that decides like 12 pulling is good today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And I think it's, I think it's also hilarious too, because sometimes I feel like the perspective of my, my own games is very one dimensional. Um, because when I watch my friends stream, especially my Terran friends, and I'm like, what are these Zergs thinking? You know, like I, I cannot understand it because again, they're like just decision-making and their, uh, like choices are just, they're not just like a little bit different from how I would play certain situations. They're drastically different. You know, like I'm watching Shu Yi fight this guy who's like, doing like the most insane gas heavy army comp it's like ravagers and mutas and banelings i'm just like what is how how did we get here like how does he do this but it's also like yeah a lot of times he can just blow up enough stuff and kind of ride that out to to do other stuff and again it's uh my games uh at least from the zerg side play out in a very specific way but on the latter like ladder ladder zergs are a real thing and every time every time i watch my friends i'm i'm i am blown away at at some of these choices that are made and honestly sometimes executed really well you know like like executed to a level of of uh you know competence that i'm just like yeah no that's i mean it's a choice but can't argue with the results sometimes you know like um and again i think it's just it's it's just crazy out there and and every ladder game is a best of one right and um you really do have to kind of take it take it as you see it right and i think again we're going back to trust the build but it's so it's so true because being paranoid in a game i think is something that's really detrimental to to not only understanding the situations in front of you but also just responding to things in general and it's like you gotta there's a certain point of like you gotta call it as you see it right and uh, I know the unknown is scary, but you got to call it like you see it. And again, just like the early like Gold League stuff where it's like, yeah, I make two spines at 330 because, uh, you know, I hate being rushed by zealots. And it's like, bro, like, <laughs> like this is you're you're I, I know you're afraid of it, but like we're way off. Right. Like and again, that's that's a game knowledge thing. That's a timing knowledge thing. But it's funny because you see it all the time. If you, if you ever look at a gold replay, uh, you can always find static D that is like under three minutes being made and it's like you really don't need that unless you've seen something that is truly terrifying you completely do not need that but you know it's tough it's tough oh no like i've seen missile turret rings going up at like the four minute mark and i'm just like what could hit you at four minutes that necessitates a turret ring like i I do i do try to take a step back because i know i've caught myself like doing it in your twitch chat as well where it's just like I'm just like bad mouthing this Terran that I just watched dude like just this weird abnormal thing. But at the same time, like it's it's kinda easy for me to sit there and say like backseat GM this Terran because I'm not the one that's under pressure. I see everything pretty much. It's like 
I'm not the one who's like having to like build SCVs, build units, check on upgrades, uh, check the mini map, make sure I got good vision, make sure that my army comp is good, check the upgrades again, check SCV count again. I'm not the one doing all of that. I can see everything and just be like, yeah, you're doing something weird there, pal. You should really consider like not doing that. Maybe you should watch some GM replays. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I think there's, I think it's funny too because again, I I do certain things in a certain way, right? And I have a certain like decision tree that plays out in my mind of how to handle things. And again, they're not always going to be the best, but it's important that you have things for certain things, right? Again, I'm trying to be general but specific, but you know what I mean. And there are other ways to do it, you know. And, and I think you know, I remember Pig was talking about this too, where it's like it for adepts, right? Nine nine out of ten Zergs will deal with adepts with roaches, right? It's it to a certain degree it's kind of easier, but it's also like if you want to try to do it with Ling Bane, yeah, you can definitely do it, right? Um, you'll just have to be a little more aware about positioning. You'll have to be, uh, you know, just a little more like having them in the right spots already. But it's certainly doable. But it's not necessarily the thing that you always see, right? But if you practice it and you stick to it and you don't change it every game. Like, you can definitely pull off a really nice defense with that, right? Again, you might get higher, and it might become even more challenging, but it's still valid in its own way, right? Yeah, I absolutely agree. All right, we are coming up on time here. Uh, Dan, do you have any final thoughts? Um, yeah, uh, like, cheese is, is tough, uh, but it's also not an excuse to, like, shit-talk your opponent. <laughs> <laughs> like like that's the thing that that drives me the craziest is the fact that like if someone does a cheese build they are considered like a worse moral a morally worse person like i think it's such a toxic mindset and uh i just want to say that because i think it's so gross that it's like people are willing to just literally shit on people for for a build order choice and it's like bro it's a game look i understand it's painful to lose to it like <laughs> there's pain but it's also I, I just I just can't stand that mentality. So that's my little soapbox there. <laughs> no, I absolutely agree. And that was that was something similar to what I was going to say. Um you know, it's just another person on the ladder trying to get to the next rank just like you are. Um also, you know, regardless of if it's cheap, if it's like easier or anything like that, you really need to just focus on yourself. You really need to like there's something that you're doing wrong and you should really it's something that you need to figure out in order to get to that next step and as you go along like it's going to get tougher because the cheeses will be more they'll be better mapped out and they'll be better prepared so sorry that's a part of starcraft 2 get used to it i i don't know what to say yeah, and if you're playing macro, like, you know, it's not going to be the majority of your games. Some days it might feel like the majority of your games, but it's also like, I don't know, there's so many moving pieces. And I also think that, like, there's just different priorities. Um, and, you know, it's it's going to be it's it's going to be tough. And, and I think it's also like cheese is probably the best tool you can have that allows you to punch up at a player who is legitimately better, you know? And, and I think about that every time someone cheeses Serral because it's like, you know, people are like, oh, why, why is he doing this cheese versus Serral? It's like, because it's his best chance. <laughs> it, it's probably not going to work because, again, Serral is like the player who's like, he's used to people trying to uh, punch up on him and do weird shit versus him. But like, 
you know, it, it's their best shot and let them try it. You know, like whatever, who cares? Actually, I mean, with that being said, just try out chasing yourself. Uh, just if you hit me or Dan on the ladder, don't chase us, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with that being said, thank you guys so much for uh, coming to listen tonight. Really appreciate it. Uh, the Climb is live every other Wednesday. The podcast version of each episode will be released at the end of next week. Uh, the podcast version of this episode will be out next Friday. You can find The Climb on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast sites. Our socials will be linked in the description. If you'd like to give us a follow on any of those, that would be much appreciated. With that being said, Dan, what do you have going on? Oh, you know, business as usual. Uh, I'm streaming. Uh, it's a good time. Uh, you can also... If you want to listen to me get coached by Pig, I think both of those videos are on his YouTube channel. If you want to see me and you really like listening to my voice, uh, that's there. <laughs> uh, I think it, I think it's really helpful. Like I've I've referred a lot of my Zerg friends to my own coaching and just be like, bro, you gotta you gotta just listen to this. I, I promise. I promise it'll help. And uh, you know, hey, I thought it was helpful for me. So you know, hey, if you want to check that out, that's out there too. Uh, but other than that, yeah, man, I'm uh, just uh, chugging along here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely give him a, a follow. Are you still doing uh, TikTok stuff? Uh, kind of. I mean, I'm kind of just, uh, it's definitely back burner. Like, I'm not actively doing it as much, but it's there. You can follow me there, and you can watch me repost the things on YouTube shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely give him a follow if you haven't. Uh, as for me, uh, we're still figuring out a decent schedule. Uh, we should be normalized here fairly soon. Um, yeah, I mean, with that being said, guys, good luck, have fun out there, and we will see you next time.